Welcome to The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr on Iowa Catholic Radio. Every Wednesday, diving deep in the truth of the Catholic Church and restoring all things in Christ. The Uncommon Good, live from the Mercy Live Up Studio. The Uncommon Good is on the air. I'm Bo Bonner. I'm Dr. Budmar. We are coming to you live from the Mercy Live Up Studio in beautiful, gorgeous, refulgent Des Moines, Iowa. 11.50 a.m., 88.5 f.m., 94.5 f.m. streaming live, iowacatholicradio.com. And if you have the Iowa Catholic Radio app, which Blessman Ministries and the People's Abstract Company hath provided, you can hear us anywhere there is the intranet. Folks, how are you doing today? Bud, what's life like? I'm doing pretty well. We just, uh, the family and I made a short trip to Omaha, Nebraska, which I like to deem the good life. Hope that doesn't offend any of our listeners, but got a good dose of Omaha. I give Coco Keys in Omaha four stars, mm. amazing pizza machine, one and a half. <laughs> it is miserable. I feel about that place like you do about Ikea. Oh, It's wow. just training your children to be consumers. They give give them these little credit cards and then... You try to earn tickets. And Amazing pizza machine. Yeah, it's kind of like greasy pizza and then just... What's the place you told me when we were in Omaha that we had to eat the pizza place? Oh, Valentino's. Valentino's. I felt like I was Willa Cather eating there somehow. It's like so ingrained in the Nebraska. Oh, you've mindset. been there? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we did not do that. I think mostly we laid around and uh, just slept because... Uh, our show's underwritten by Mercy College of Health Sciences, and so, Bud, the nice thing going on at Mercy College is we are on break. Yeah, no, we're on break, but summer semester starts up pretty soon, and it's kind of, like, we've talked about this in previous semesters, it's kind of fun to see the bright-eyed students with, you know, their their textbooks are still glossy, and maybe right. in the plastic wrapping, we'll see if it comes out of the plastic wrapping as the semester right. moves on. We, we, we very much, you know... Suggest that. And we just got done at uh, Mercy College with our graduation. So yeah. we walked, uh, I think it was about 200 something. 220 people? students. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we, uh, I, we had the pinning. I got to pin a nurse with their pin. I was worried I was going to stab them and myself, but it all worked out. And if we did, hey, guess what? Bunch of nurses there. You know, so, and you and I, we got to be up on the stage with Bishop Pates with maybe the brightest light on earth. Yeah, I was just funneling the bishop water as the ceremony went on because. <laughs> He's in full regalia, and I was worried he was going to faint, but everything went according to plan. Yeah, so. no, it went really great. Uh, so, also brought to you, underwritten our show by uh, Cartridge World. So, Cartridge World, um, uh, industry leader, delivering high-performance printing products that help you save time, money, and print great. It's perfect for businesses, home offices, college students, or busy moms trying to find affordable printing supplies, including ink, toner, paper, or printers. Business pickup and delivery are available. 801 73rd Street in Windsor Heights, 515-564-7400, online, cartridgeworld.com. We have another Uncommon Good All-Star for a very special show today, bud. What's going on today? Well, we have the first 40-minute show. Yeah, and um, he's asked me just to use his official designation now, the Catholic Movie Guy. So this is a friend of ours from St. Louis who practices law, but in his free time, um, Besides being a father, he also has a podcast called The Catholic Movie Guy. And like you said, Bo, he's been on the show in the past. We had a great conversation. Uh, what are we talking about today? So Steve Wickmer, the, you're being official and nice. I'm ruining it. Um, he, uh, before we had him on, and to be honest, we, it was a softball, bud. We were frankly too nice to him. We were just like, hey, Steve, you like movies? Talk about movies, bruh. Today, dropping the hammer. It's time for Steve to, excuse me, The Catholic Movie Guy 
to make people mad. Yeah. Because we're going to talk about the public nature of art, particularly with movies. And we're going to talk about what the, the temptations both ways are when it comes to Catholics and art. So, like, when we make movies, are we too beholden to the world, try to make it like they to their taste? Or do we try to make super-duper pious, every second and ounce of the movie must be redemptive or we don't like it? What's the perfect golden mean, right? We're all Aristotelians here. What's the virtue in art? So we're going to use movies uh, to sort of be uh, the, the way to talk about this. And what better person to do so than the Catholic movie guy? Yeah, I think this is an important conversation and one that we can sometimes just take for granted. You know, movies, films are out there all around us, and sometimes we just go about our business and it's like, well, this new one's coming out, everyone's talking about it, but um, uh, and then going. But this will be a good conversation around how should we think about those things uh, as followers of Jesus and then uh, having a sort of critical thought as we're at the theater. That's right. So we'll be back in a minute. Stay tuned to The Uncommon Good. I'm Bo Bonner, Dr. Bud Moore. Bud Moore. I'll take it. Sorry, Bud Moore. Uh, see you in a minute. Thank you, People's Abstract Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Locally owned, statewide abstract, and People's Abstract Company provide abstracting and title services in all 99 counties in Iowa. People's Abstract is your Polk County preferred abstractor. Both statewide and People's are able to provide all of your abstracting and title servicing needs within the state of Iowa. 515-244-6119 or online at thetitleresourcenetwork.com. That's thetitleresourcenetwork.com. Join us for the Mary's Meals Run on Saturday, May 13th. Walkers are welcome, too. You'll automatically be feeding one child in desperate need of food for the entire school year. Bishop Emeritus Joseph Sharon will lead the opening prayer and bless the runners and walkers before the 10K, 5K. If you can't make the race, register to be a virtual runner or walker. You'll still feed one child for an entire school year. You'll be included in Bishop Sharon's blessing and receive a special video message from Bishop Sharon. We'll also mail you a Mary's Meals t-shirt. Register today at marysmealsrun.com. We are back with the Uncommon Good, Bo Bonner, Dr. Bud Marr. Today on our show... Steve Wickmer, the Catholic movie guy. Steve. Uh, I specifically requested my name not be used. I know. I just just want that on the record. Bud has not used it, but I have. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, well, well. That's why why Bud's always the favorite, and that's why he's a real doctor. That's right. Yeah, I was going to say, like, so if any of you have actually listened to the Catholic movie guy, (laughs) you know that Steve's brother, the Tin Man, has accused me of publicly saying that I'm a doctor when I never have. So, you know, at least it's jealousy. It's It's jealousy. (laughs) You guys do kind of have a rivalry going on. You and the Tin Man. I know. I think that like uh, it's it's, uh, you know, one of those fomented rivalries for the the Twitter bots. Well, he gives gives me a hard time because as our listeners know, I'm a big Nebraska Husker fan. And he says that he thinks our jerseys look orange. So Husker fans will often say GBR, go Big Red. And he keeps saying GBO. That's like right. every time we win on Twitter, he's got a hashtag GBO me. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's really good at letting things go too. That's, that's right. <laughs> well, folks, as you could tell, like so, Bud and I have actually been on quite a few of uh, the Catholic Movie Guys podcasts, and uh, I think it's uh, a whole lot of fun. I, I think you say that people usually fall into two camps, which is one is. You, they really do enjoy the intellectual uh, content, and the others is they just want to see what Tin Man will say. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, it's been great to have that sort of venue to talk about movies. Uh, I don't know about, I mean, I, I think Bud is the same way, and I know you're the same way, uh, Catholic movie guy. But, uh, you know, I've been dorking out about movies for a long time. And so it's great to actually have a venue to hear someone talk about it 
in terms of the Catholic faith, but like we're going to talk about today, not like, you know, only the flying nun, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that's why I started the podcast because I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't find an outlet like that. So I wanted that for myself, first of all, but also for, you know, people like, like me. And I think that the reason that uh, people are so reticent, it comes from a good impulse, you know, uh, I mean, the flying nun is great, <laughs> right? but uh, it's because, you know, the impulse is that correct, that modern Hollywood fare much of it. And certainly the agenda of much of it and the agenda of the people making it is, you know, against the faith. So it comes from a good place, but I think that people then kind of go far afield and throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. And, you know, if people would ask, why would a show about the uncommon good or, you know, the common good, why would this talk about movies? Uh, the, the, the thing that I would like to point out to people, I, I had an entire class where we talked about the public nature of art and the fact that art actually has to do with justice. And, you know, this is a, maybe, you know, a, a horse that we beat all the time here, but one more occasion to say justice is about giving each person their due. And if we act like justice is just a matter of making sure people have food and water, then we really don't think humans are any better than dogs. What we want to actually say is, no, injustice, a society owes in some way its members um, a real idea that there is art that is publicly consumed for the betterment uh, of the entire community. And I think sometimes you see movies that show directors that have that commitment even though clearly, like you said, the majority do not have this idea at all. Right. I mean, um, it's kind of analogous to the liturgy. You know, you owe do worship to God. You, you, the, the gifts that you're given, you, you know, you don't just, you know, having having mass in a bare room uh, with, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, just a cross on the table is, is valid. But having it in an ornate Gothic cathedral is better. And you know, we're given gifts as as humans to produce art. You know, our intellect, um, humor, uh, the ability to to communicate truth in a palatable way or complicated truths in a simple way. And so, yeah, you know, we we owe that to each other and to to God to do the best job that we can in the art, not just to make you know a good bedtime story for our kids with a good moral, but also to make it as beautiful and and as good as possible. Catholic movie guy, wouldn't you say that some Christian filmmakers go go wrong or off the path when, I don't know, I'm nervous to pick on specific films, but growing up, my, my parents would let me watch a show called McGee and Me, and they were entertaining enough, but it seemed like the writers, like the way that they went about the show is they think to themselves, what's the moral to the story that we want to convey to to young people? And then they wrote a story to match that. But you think about great art by um, faithful Catholics like J.R.R. Tolkien. I don't think he sat down with the Lord of the Rings and said, well, what's the moral that I want to convey to readers, right? It's, it, was, it was plot-driven. It was character development. All, you know, and obviously just a genius mind, epic storytelling or whatever. But it, I don't know. It seems like sometimes with, with films we have this temptation to say, like, unless it has a moral that it conveys really heavy-handedly, it's not worth watching. Right. And I mean, there's a difference here. There's a couple of interesting points that you brought up. Um, first of all, you know, the audience. I mean, what is, pal- what is what is great art for a child is not for an adult in the same way that great baby food isn't uh, suitable to be eating at a, at a five-star restaurant. Um, but the other issue is, I mean, 
Yeah, it's important to have a good message, and the the best art. When I, even when you say that word message, it's like it's just it's too it's you know it's too didactic. It's too it's too on the nose. Um, I think I would just prefer to say a a theme that that illustrates some aspect of the truth, and that certainly is an important goal to have in mind for any artist. But yeah, you can't let your ultimate goal just dictate the uh, the art you produce, or else you end up with art that's you know, just basically a, a Sunday school lesson instead of something truly great. Um, this is The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr. We have the Catholic movie guy with us. CMG, as I'm going to call you from now on. Um, when I think about what you're saying here and, and what we're, like, throwing out is there's a way in which movies, if they're not art, are just strictly propaganda. And I, people don't and, – and this is not like Catholics do this uniquely – all you have to do every Oscar season is wait, and there's like two movies. You can tell the idea is, hey, dummies, you better watch this in agree, or you're a bad person. I mean, that happens every year. And so uh, this is not something that I think is unique to us, but I think it's unique to the modern world that, you know, art, and especially in movies, it's, like I said, Aristotle, right? They go one way or the other. And so either it's art is just entertainment, so it's just whatever's to someone's taste, or it's propaganda, right? And what we have to do is convey a message or else. So I guess what I want to say is, like, if we're going to try to make that virtuous middle, right, where there is a message, but th there's something more to it than just the message, you know, what does it mean to make something that has splendor? You know, we, we don't use that word except John Paul II used it, right? The splendor of truth. Is that what we're trying to aim with when we say a good movie, it, it's... <laughs> You know that it has that element of splendor to it. That when we're done, there's some way that it it radiates and stays with us. CMG. Exactly. So I mean, um, sorry, my office phone is going crazy over here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, art is artifice. You know, there there's no point. The propaganda is is one thing. I mean, propaganda can be very effective, and it might have even be necessary in certain circumstances. I mean, uh, but the whole point of art is to to give you an aspect of the truth, to give you a message without just beating you over the head with it or else there's absolutely no reason for it to exist and and when you say splendor i mean just like the gothic cathedral for the mass the splendor of the presentation of this theme it, it overwhelms you to the point where it teaches you without you know beating you over the head and uh, on a recent podcast one great movie you know i mean most people have seen it vertigo by alfred hitchcock which i think accomplishes this uh, you know, really wonderfully, it teaches a lot about truth and uh, an anti-objectification um, of people point of view, anti-pornography, and it does it without ever being about you know anything sex, you know, explicitly pornographic or anything like that because of the the uh, cleverness of the dialogue, the beauty uh, of the movie, the way it is filmed, the careful attention to detail and the character development. The, they have a way of teaching you things without you ever thinking about the message while you're watching it. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, when I think about these things, what comes to mind for me is that passage from the Gospel of John where Mary anoints our Lord's feet with an expensive perfume. And in that, in that passage, uh, Judas grumbles and he says, couldn't this perfume have been sold and the money given to the poor, right? But with, with our Lord being present in the midst at that dinner, that perfume is in a sense worth wasting, and I think about this with films, but just art in general. I mean, Bo and I get accused of wanting to build a time machine and go back to the Middle Ages, which is a false accusation because we couldn't live without air conditioning. Or football. <laughs> but, I mean, let's be honest. Like, their 
buildings were aesthetically superior to what we build today. And so as, as Catholics, I mean, we're always, like Bo said, walking that kind of golden mean where there is, there is justice when it comes to questions of fair wages and things like that. On the other hand, it's worth being profligate. Am I using the right word there? Yeah, I think so. When it comes to our art, especially like you're saying, Steve, with the, the churches that we build for, uh, for the mass. Yeah, exactly. And, um, uh, you know, there there is another side to this that I did want to bring up with you gentlemen, which is that I think when we talk about this, why do Christians sometimes go for these propaganda movies that aren't that well made, uh, and it comes from a good place, it, there's also the converse side of this where, you know, a lot of the, the most evil art isn't what people really think of when they think of bad movies and movies you shouldn't watch, um, like because there's a lot of violence or a lot of people die or there's a lot of vulgarity. Um, those are all considerations that you have to wrestle with before you engage with any piece of art. But the really evil movies, the really evil works of art, are really meticulously well made. They use, you know, all the same things we're talking about. They make a great work of art, but they kind of invert the message to actually teach you uh, an evil message or question the truth of things without you knowing it. So I think that you know, to combat that, first of all, to focus on that as being the true thing you need to watch out for when you're when you're engaging with entertainment or art, but also to counteract that power, we have to produce works of comparable power in the good direction. So, Catholic movie guy, this is putting you uh, on the hot seat a little bit, but uh, <laughs> in the wake of that comment, what do you think about a movie like Scorsese's Silence, where? I know talking to other Catholics, this this divided Catholics in the sense that it's a movie that's well done, right? And artistically, we would say high quality cinematography, etc. I don't want to spoil the ending, but some some folks accuse it of kind of undermining aspects of the Catholic faith. I mean, it's a very it's a very kind of subtle message. But did you think a movie like Scorsese's Silence? I mean, how sh- how should Catholics think about? watching a film that deals with apostasy and maybe in the end has kind of an ambiguous conclusion. Yeah. And, and that's a good, I mean, that's a, that film is a hot button issue for, for Bo and I, I know that. Uh, but I, I liked it more than I think a lot of people think. I, I'm not, I, I don't think it was a really evil work at all. I'm not trying to say that it was at worst ambiguous. Um, and I think there's a big difference between leaving something ambiguous where you, where it's fodder for discussion and people can reasonably disagree than something that clearly has a, an evil ending. But, um, you know, that movie, I, I mean, it, it it's very powerful it has a lot of good things to say so i would i wouldn't put it in that category but yeah that is an example if you do believe and i think a lot of uh well-meaning people do come down on the side that it kind of encourages uh apostasy or heresy um if you do believe that then yeah indeed that would be a great evil because it's so compelling and so well made so cmg i think you know one of the things that we have to think about is that evil um one of the reasons that evil is so easy to mobilize, why the devil doesn't have to take, you know, lots of time making good plans, is because evil can act against the good in a host of ways. And so an, an obvious one, and like you said, I think a lot of people, when they think of evil movies, they think of just um, vile trash or even, like, just silly entertainment that is it, that's, that, that it excites the emotions but gives them no uh, grist for the mill. Uh, and then on the other side, it can be precisely this well-wrought compelling piece that tries to make what it, the evil point so compelling that 
we in a sense let our guards down intellectually and emotionally and accept it. What all of those things are trying to do, right, though, and this is, I think, what people need to keep in mind, and maybe this will inform back the other way, like why we don't need to do propaganda, is what evil is doing in art is always trying to make us think of evil the moment that we see good. And what I mean by this, right, is like you think about like the most crass example of the, of the pornographic, the thing that is truly vile about that is from the day forward that you see something like that, the next time you see like an actual work of beauty, like you know the Venus de Milo or something, or even just a portrayal of um, a nude, for instance, um, you, you won't think of that as like showing the beauty of the human art form, uh, uh, the, the human form, excuse me, of b- the body. You'll think of it in terms of the prior evil. And I think that that's what we need to realize is that what evil tries to do is subvert and be symbiotic on the good. And so the way you fight it is not by hammering home the good message, but like you said, overcoming it with something better, something more powerful. Maybe we don't trust beauty enough. Is that a way to put it? Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. And um, I think that, uh, it, like, like, you, like we were talking about earlier, you start with the, the end goal in mind of you know, having a message that's positive about the faith or Jesus or whatever. And you kind of lose sight of this. And like you're saying that, you know, in the same way that an evil work makes us associate evil with beauty, a good work should make us associate good with beauty. And so when you use schlocky means or when you use a, a script that, that doesn't make sense, characters that don't seem real, it makes people associate even the truth you're trying to uh, give them, which is true, uh, with something that is, is unpleasant. And I think that's a real danger. You're listening to The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Bud Marr. We're here with the Catholic movie guy. You can uh, catch his podcast online. Um, Steve, I was wondering, as as a father, um, how do you think about uh, your kids watching films? And do you sit down and discuss them afterwards? Like, how how deep does this get after you've engaged the latest great animated feature? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it's funny you say that because right now my kids are at an age where I'm trying to, you know, give them good works of art and kind of share my uh, childhood experience with Episode them to the one. extent possible. Uh, and sometimes you find that what you were watching during your childhood you can't share with them. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really important, especially when they're in their formative years, to give them uh, not just you know a, a good moral, but something that is compelling enough to make them uh, teach without you know without being uh, uh, lecturing them, but also giving them something beautiful to hold on to and to um, develop their imagination in a positive way. I mean, there's a lot of great resources out there for that. But yeah, I think it's it's really important not just to avoid, you know, a television show or a movie that has, uh, you know, an obviously evil bent or something like that, but also to make sure they're really of quality and not to just feed them with, with you know, pure junk food of like whatever's on PBS Kids at the moment, you know. So... CMG, that it makes me think of my childhood, which is scary. Um, so, y- did you ever watch The Secret of Nim? Of course, Okay, yes, of they course. don't make movies like that anymore for kids. And I realize that was the first movie that I was ever terrified of. And I loved <laughs> it. But like that, if you want to talk about <clears throat> wonder and awe and everything Aristotle's talking about, The Secret of Nim has all of it. It will give your kids nightmares, but it was also like one of the first things I remember watching 
that made me think about wanting to make my own stories. And I mean, I watched it mm-hmm. when I was little. And I realized that we don't trust kids with Grimm's fairy tales. We don't trust them with like, you know, Andrew Lang's fairy tales, you know, like the really sort of like hardcore tough ones. But mm-hmm. we don't even trust them with like the secret of Nim. And I think it's because we ourselves as adults are really scared of wonder and awe because what we want is an experience that we can direct and be in control of. But when you get real wonder and awe, you know, that's one of the hardest things I ever try to commit to my students when they read something like Oedipus Rex. They'll be like, what's the point of this? And you're like, the point is to have read this. And like, if, <laughs> if, if, if you are, you know, trying to discern everything that why we need to read Oedipus Rex, you're missing it. I think the same thing with like The Secret of Nim. People would watch a show like that and go, well, what's the real point? Like, what are my kids supposed to think about? Like, rats and mice and secret stones and stuff? And I'm like, no, <laughs> they're just supposed to be wonder and awe, like the terror of, of beauty and existence. And so, I don't know, that was a tangent. But that, to me, if, if we're going to throw out a movie, maybe you have other movies to throw out. Um, the Secret of Nim, be, uh, be prepared that your kids will maybe have nightmares, but I think it's one of the most fantastic <coughs> children's movies that there is. Yeah, I uh, I do want to make a point. You know, uh, I, I get this a lot of times from other parents too, and just just people that I associate in my day to day life. I'll tell them that I let my kids watch X or whatever. They're like, Oh, well, did you talk to them about death? And did you talk? I'm like, right. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I think it's it's not only not bad to do that. I think it's it's a good thing. And I think that when you look to our you know forefathers with the with with fairy tales and all that. Um, you know, it's important. I don't remember the exact Chesterton quote right now, but you know, it's something along the lines of kids don't need to be told about that monsters are real. They need to know how to, to, to acknowledge that and go on with them. And that, that sense of understanding, um, the gravity of life and also the wonder of it is important. I'll give, uh, a recent example. It's not nearly, uh, it's not nearly as, uh, like it's not going to scar your kids if they watch it, but, uh, it kind of bombed at the box office, which was, uh, the BFG, which is, uh, a Steven Spielberg based off a, uh, doll short uh, story mm-hmm. uh, and that was a movie that bombed but I just I loved it and my kids watched it and it, it has that exact thing that that you're talking about which is a, uh, an awe and a wonder and it really stimulated their imagination their desire to to go on and tell their own stories so uh, I would recommend that right now it's on Netflix but I think that's really important for kids the other one that I would throw out which again probably would make people uneasy but uh, the Irish film Song of the Sea which is profoundly sad I mean, it opens up on a mother who seemingly dies, and it has, you know, fairies and, like, Celtic, uh, you know, spirits and everything like this. But that movie riveted my children. You know, they like, I mean, you, you, you know, kids can be couch potatoes, but then you can tell when they're watching a movie, and it just, like, has them locked in. But that and The Secret of Kells, if people ask, you know, what are, what are Bo, Bud, and Steve talking about? I, I, you know, those two movies, The Secret of Kells and The Song of the Sea, to me, those are good examples, too. Exactly. And uh, another one that just made me think of, The Secret World of Arietti, uh, which came out a few years back. Uh, it's just another movie that it's based off the borrower's story, which people are familiar with, but another another good one. And I, and I always, you know, I kind of have this uh, discussion with the Catholic movie gal sometimes when we're watching something, but it's like, oh, that's too sad. That's gonna. I'm like, you know, life's sad. I mean, like, we have to be able to deal with this. And I think it's important to, in a palatable way, in a controlled way, stimulate their imagination, their emotional response, their ability to uh, grasp the wonder and the terribleness of, of life. And uh, I know that's pretty heavy for a kid's movie, and it's certainly not what you're going to get when you watch Cars. 
um, which is a great movie for you know for right. itself. I was but, gonna say uh, it made me you know, feel you, sad because of uh, yeah. you know route you know uh, Route 66 going away. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you, you know, you need to do that. They need to have a little heaviness. You know, they need to to do that as part of the being a kid and and, and growing up. Speaking of life being sad, Steve, we're all Cardinals fans on this interview. And before we let you go, how would you rate? Mike Matheny's managing performance. Like, what this, kind of movie is at this is, point in the season? Mike Matheny. <laughs> <sighs> I think I think I think Mike Matheny is like a really good penny novel from the earliest early twentieth century. You know, it's like he gets you invested. He he got he has enough there to keep you coming back every week, but invariably it's kind of empty calories. You know, Colton um, Wong is sort of uh, like the, I'm the sorry. Day I mean, he seems it. like a fella, a fine fella, but uh, his in-game management not a fan, not a fan. <laughs> well, on that note, I don't know if we can end the interview any better. Uh, uh, Catholic movie guy, if you want to tell everybody where they can find your podcast, uh, l- share it with the folks. It's pretty hard to remember. It's catholicmovieguy.com. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your frenemies. All three categories would be well served by hearing it. Uh, Steve, Catholic Movie Guy, thank you so much for coming back on, and thank you for being our first guest in the expanded format. I think we had plenty to talk about, and uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks. I am duly honored. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Steve. All right. So we'll be back in a minute, folks. This is The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Mars. Stick around. Thank you, Construction Professionals, for your support of Dowling Catholic Sports 365. Construction Professionals is a family-owned business dedicated to our customers. Whether designing, building, or renovating, we are here to better serve you. cpcustomhomes.com Thank you, People's Abstract Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Locally owned, statewide abstract, and People's Abstract Company provide abstracting and title services in all 99 counties in Iowa. People's Abstract is your Polk County preferred abstractor. Both statewide and People's are able to provide all of your abstracting and title servicing needs within the state of Iowa. 515-244-6119 or online at thetitleresourcenetwork.com. That's thetitleresourcenetwork.com. Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences downtown Des Moines for underwriting The Uncommon Good with me, Bo Bonner. And I'm Dr. Bud Marr. We're heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. A fun and engaging new show that we hope our listeners will love. Be sure to listen. We're back with The Uncommon Good. Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr. Today we have unbrilliant questions. Bud, what is the unbrilliant question? So, Bo, after that interview, I was wondering, um, what movies would you recommend, you elitist snob? <laughs> <laughs> uh, true, and uh, cuts to the quick. No, I, you know, I understand. I can sound like a snob sometimes. Um, and it's pretty bad coming from Oklahoma. And when an Oklahoman's being a snob, it's, the world's not in its right place. Um, you know, one that we just got done showing to all of our students, Bud, that I think is a fantastic movie is The Mission. And uh, oh, who's the director? Uh, starts with a J. I can't remember. It's not Jeremy, um, but uh, Robert De Niro and uh, Jeremy Irons. The beautiful Jeremy Irons is in it, um, and that movie is fantastic. It's a great example of what we were talking about too, because funny enough, that movie technically has quote unquote loads of nudity, but why? Because it's about an indigenous tribe, yeah. and it's about the first Jesuit missionaries who go there. It's a it's it's a sad movie. There's a lot of intrigue, um, but there's also a lot of hope in it too. And so it makes a lot of sense to me why the Vatican 
when they would throw out movies as a, as a good example to watch that the mission is is one of them but it it's not um for the faint of heart there i mean it's not gruesome or gory but there is a lot of death um and it, it's it's a it's a tough topic because it was talking about um uh european imperialism and slavery but a beautiful movie another one that a uh, really hard topic to deal with uh calvary uh it's uh the irish film and it's about what who essentially is a good priest in the face of most of Ireland being anti-Catholic after um, all of the scandals that they have gone through. And again, difficult topics, um, a lot of Irish uh, vulgarity, uh, Thanksgiving at the Bonners sort of stuff, uh, you know, people fighting, stuff like this. Death, but again, another powerful movie where it shows that we don't have to deal in a silly manner with our faith. So I'll ask you back what what movies uh, you you got in mind that you the suggest. one the one that immediately jumps to mind for me, and we've shown this to our students as well, is of Gods and Men, and it's based on a true story about a group of Trappist monks who are living in just at a mon- I mean they they found a monastery in Algeria, and the population around them is largely Muslim. And uh, like I said, based on a true story, over the course of the film. There's a radical group that begins terrorizing the local population, and the monks have the opportunity to leave the area for their own safety, and the film deals with their discernment in the midst of that very difficult situation. But it's just a, it's a beautiful film. I mean, it won, it won many awards uh, from – it's one of those films like you walk away moved. And I think you can grow in your faith, but it's not like the films we were talking about during the interview where there's a moral to the story or like this heavy-handed message. It just shows the faithfulness of these group of uh, Trappist monks, and um, you I, you walk away changed or transformed, I think. If you'd want to, you know, so we've named ones that have dealt pretty explicitly with Catholicism with those last three. There's other ones, though, of course, that they don't have to be explicitly religious. One of the films that I think is the best of all time is called Night of the Hunter, it is uh, by James Agee. He wrote the, wrote the transcript. It's black and white. It's it's an older film. Um, in fact, it's where you know how like when you'll see people in shows and they're supposed to be like gangsters, they have love and hate tattooed on their <laughs> fists. Well, it comes from this, uh, and uh, it it has one of the most interesting uses of the of the the old hymn "Leaning on the Everlasting Arms." I I honestly can't tell you like the the moral of the story. There's sort of one, but it's just one of the most intriguing, delightful, sp- sp- spectacular movies I've ever seen. So, Night of the Hunter. Um, if there's modern, you know, more contemporary ones, Room. Room is a yeah. brutally difficult movie. I mean, it's a it's a hard subject. It's not explicitly religious either, but it is a fantastic film that I think has this sort of like sacramentality that we talk about. Another one that I think, so, but like we've named a lot of hardcore films, so one that I actually think will just make you have a smile on your face at the end is Hail Caesar yeah. by the Coen brothers. It's a good example of like there's religious figures and it, they, you know, there's light jokes about the faith, but I, in the end I think it really is a movie about how, you know, quidotion screw up human beings can find redemption through each other. Uh, I don't know. You have any others? I keep rattling off stuff. Well, I think about a film like Babette's Feast, which is an older film, and it's um, a pair of sisters who uh, they come across an, a large inheritance, and then they they spend this money paying a world-renowned chef to prepare this beautiful or just sumptuous meal for the townsfolk. I think that's very powerful and moving. I was going to ask you real quick, but what do you think about a film like Passion of the Christ? I mean, it is sort of pious. I mean, it's kind of like the Stations of the Cross on film. Uh 
very violent at times, of course, depicting our Lord's our Lord's death, but artistically well done, right? I agree. Um, my hot my hashtag hot take on Passion of the Christ is if Mel Gibson would just have been refused the slow motion button, <laughs> it would be like perfect ten out of ten. And when you get to, I mean, it is brutal. Um, I think uh, what people need to realize, of course, there's all sorts of, of pieties and spirituality. It's very much in the Spanish vein, and I don't mean that um, flippantly. Like, you think about what a Spanish crucifix yeah. will look like compared to maybe um, different ones. Uh, so I think that movie is great. I really do wish he would, like, have cut out some of the slow motion. So you didn't like uh, the Pharisees, like, throwing the coins right. at and Judas? Right, it's like, and it's, five minutes yeah. for the coins to get Coins over. tinkle to the ground. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, yes, very much so. Uh, no, I I agree with that very much. I don't know any others. Uh, I'm just I'm a little nervous. Like I didn't think through this beforehand. I I really like the film. There will be blood. I think it's a really strong critique of how a lot of Americans think about economics. But it's one that you'd want to Google beforehand and say, you know, what am I willing to deal with on screen? But that to me, that's a powerful film. So the, f- the last one I'll leave off with to me, all time classic, a comedy. But I think one of the most moral films, I've shown this in many philosophy classes, Bill Murray, Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Groundhog's Day is one of the best films. And so I hope you guys see with this scattering of films that we throw out that we're not like saying like it has to be highbrow, you know, like we, you know, look at us like with our great movie ideas, but that there really is this idea that there's a way to do even comedies with that sort of sacramental presence. Well, bud, hey, first 40-minute show, it seemed to flow, fly by to me. Yeah, it just went fast. I thought, 40 minutes, how are we going to do it? But you're you're never afraid to fill up airtime, so. That's right. <laughs> I think that is. Uh, like having you as a co-pilot. That's right. Perfectly uh, uh, fair a judgment on my part. Well, folks, um, this has been The Uncommon Good. May Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, reign in our hearts, in our families, in our homes, our cities, our counties, country, uh, state, country, continent, Hemisphere. Thrown in continent today. The entire world. Yep. Uh, May Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, rule over all of us. This has been The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr. We will see you next week. Amen.